Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It's time to turn your garden into a smart garden on News Radio 830 WCCO. Smart Gardens, an hour of expert advice and answers to all of your lawn and gardening questions. You can call 989-9226 or text us at 81807. Now, here's Denny Law with this week's Smart Garden. Here on 830 WCCO, we welcome Julie Weisenhorn hey, back morning. into the studio. Last time we saw you, it was a rather damp day at <laughs> the Minnesota State Fair. Chilly day. Yeah, cool and damp. It's chilly today, too. But it is a little fresh today. But it's good to see you it's again, Julie. Good to see you too. We are already getting text messages and callers as we speak for our Lawn and Garden Show. We call it Smart Garden. It is brought to us every week by our good friends down near Jordan, Minnesota, that make the best patio furniture in the whole world. It's called By the Yard. We'll talk about that coming up. But they're the folks that make this show possible. We thank them for that. And Julie makes it possible by Aww. showing up. <laughs> so we appreciate that. Yeah, I love Her expertise. It's a lot of fun. It is fun. It was great seeing everybody at the fair, though, Sam it and, was, and Mary. It yeah. was, yeah. Eric, Eric was on with us. Yeah. And, it, was yeah. Always a, it was a good time. But there, here were we are. Of, there were a lot of troopers out there on that rainy oh, Saturday yes. morning. Yes, ab- absolutely. Yeah, was it whether it was us or Sweet Martha's Cookies, I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> not necessarily in that order, right? <laughs> uh, if you have a lawn and garden question, uh, call it in now or text it in now. You know, we tend to get really busy. Uh, 651-989-9226, or uh, send us a text, 81807, 81807. So did you have a good week or two since we saw you last? Yeah, yeah, it's been real busy. But so, you, is this, is this, are we coming into a busy time for people with, uh, from the U of M that, that you, you travel, I know you do. Yeah, do a little bit of traveling now and then, a lot of speaking, and um, right now we're, kind of looking forward toward our licensed pesticide applicator training sessions, which mm. happen all over the state and uh, are headed up by Dean Hertzfeld, who's our pesticide educating, education coordinator for extension. And uh, a bunch of us are instructors on that. So we've been meeting and working on modules and uh, reaching out to the industry in that way. So Always learning. Right? Always learning. Yeah. yeah. Every day. Yep. That's one of the best things about my job. Isn't that great? Yeah. Great. All right. Well, we're going to put you back to work here. Lynn and Rice Lake is uh, first up. Lynn, you're (laughs) on with Julie. Good morning, Julie and Denny. Um, I am in the process of getting ready to move from my home to an apartment. Okay. Where I will not be able to necessarily plant items outside, but yet I want to take um, my um, lilies. And irises and some of those plants that were my my dad's from my garden, and put them in a big pot and that, and take take the pots with me to have on a terrace. Okay. And I wanted to know the best way to do this. Okay. Well, the the one thing to remember is that uh, is that when you plant things in containers, they will freeze solid, um, unless you have a semi heated garage where you can overwinter them in dormancy. Um, so things like iris, 
really, they need a cold period, but they need to, um, you know, it, they may not make it in a container. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. So you can certainly take some with you, but uh, just be aware that uh, you may have to move them in into a, a relatively warm garage, 50 degrees, 45 degrees, uh, to prevent them from freezing solid. Or you could actually, I wonder if you could actually leave, dig up those rhizomes and store them over the winter. That might help too. I'm not sure. Um, so it's going to be a little bit tricky. If you have the opportunity, I would recommend a community garden plot nearby, and then you could actually transplant some of those perennials into that community garden plot. Okay. Thanks, Lynn. Texter says, how do I save begonia bulbs over the winter? Uh, it, well, if they're tuberous begonias, you want to dig them up and take off, uh, knock some of the soil off of there gently. You don't want to damage the tubers. And then put them into, say, a paper bag and keep them someplace where it's cool. That's the important thing. Don't put them in a, a, a real warm, heated area like a furnace room. Put them in a cool area in your basement or if you have a heated garage, that's great. Um, uh, 50 degrees, 45 degrees, you don't want them to freeze. And uh, and then just uh, check them in the spring. I'd pot them up in about February and put them in a sunny window and get them watered. And uh, then they should be a good size by the time you put them outside. Okay. We're going to get back to phones in a second. A texter that says this, can I fertilize newly seeded grass this fall? Well, uh, yes. I'm going to be doing that very yeah, thing this weekend. Yeah, you can do that. You can do that now. Um, you can also consider dormant seeding, which is in November, which is where you put down... Uh, uh, grass seed in uh, around November. It's it's after the freeze, after things have frozen, and basically it's ready to go for the next spring. So, but as far as um, fertilizing, fertilizing, you could do that now. Yeah, yeah. I made the mistake of in time. I've learned from you guys since. That don't do a weed and feed. Right. Do right. just a yeah. straight fertilizer. Just a, just a fertilizer, right. and we have a great uh, on our website on the turf grass section on the lawn section is a great calendar that tells you the best times to do things. And so uh, in the case of uh, fertilizing, the best time is up to about the middle of October. Okay. Good, good, From good, August good to timing. October. Let's go back to the phones, Julie. Ken in New Brighton is next. Uh, thanks for waiting, Ken. Good morning. Uh, we recently had a uh, tree taken down in our yard and uh, left a lot of damage to the, uh, the yard. And I, I put down black dirt, and then I used a uh, seed... Uh, fertilizer mulch combination and the grass is coming up beautifully however now i'm going to have to possibly roll the uh soil in order to stabilize sure. it make it firm enough for grass cutting and so on when's the best time to do that well i would say that once the grass is established you could go ahead and roll it uh so give it a little bit more time and uh you don't want to roll the really young grass i don't think you'll probably end up squashing it too much be too hard on it but um yeah that soil when you do add soil into an area that's an in you know a lower spot like where a tree has come out it is going to settle quite a bit so you do want to uh, consider that when you do buy your soil so i would think that once that uh, grass gets established a little bit better when it gets filled in then you could do some some rolling texture says this uh, julie is it uh, too late to cut back lilacs and dogwoods well, cutting back lilacs right now, uh, depending on the kind you have, if you have a common lilac, which is a spring-blooming lilac, uh, you would not want to cut that back now because you'll be cutting off the flower buds for next year. If you don't care about that, if you just want to 
knock it into uh, a better form or uh, take out some of the woodier stuff, you sure can. Just be aware that you're cutting off buds for next spring bloom. If you have a, a like a bloomerang type of lilac or a lilac like a Meyer lilac, you can actually do some cutting back now. And it can just be some loose. You can just shear back the, the form, you know, get it back into good shape. You can also uh, just trim off those dead flower heads as well. Okay. Hang on, Julie. We're going to take a quick break here. We have more show to come, more Smart Garden Show on this Saturday. 651-989-9226 or send us a text, and we've got a bunch of those, 81807. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. And good morning. Welcome back to this portion of our Smart Garden Show here good on 830 CCO, Julie, Julie Weisenhorn is, is happy time today. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. It's 55, fun, fun, fun. 55 is our Twin City temp. It is kind of cool, though, isn't it's it? It's chilly out there. It's a nice day, though. Uh, let's go back to the phones, Julie. John in Hammond, Wisconsin, has been waiting. Uh, John, you're on with Smiling Julie. Good morning, Smiling Julie. Say, we have uh, three apple trees that we planted a little over 10 years ago, a uh, state fair, is that star and a honey crust nice. and they they grow well they're blooming well they're getting really tall and i want to know how severely we can lower that top canopy without damaging the tree i look in the orchards and it looks like they top their trees and i'm not quite courageous because i don't want to right. hurt the tree right uh boy it's what i here's what i'd recommend is that um first of all you'd be pruning those in the late winter so around March. And um, have you done any regular pruning on an annual basis? So we thin them out every year, and we keep good leader branches for the fruit. Okay. It's just okay. the main trunk of the tree keeps getting taller and taller, of course, and the canopy is so high, and so there's a lot of fruit going higher and higher, and it's just getting difficult to harvest without, you know, uh, keep it safe and Sure. Not being up on really tall ladders and all. Okay. So you can head back some of those branches. It's a little hard without a picture. So here's what I would recommend. Take some photos of it and send it to Ask Extension. To the, uh, It's on our webpage, which is extension.umn.edu. Click on the Garden tab, go to Yard and Garden, and if you scroll to the bottom, you'll find Ask Extension, and there's a feature called Ask an Expert. And you can put up to three photographs you can email that in, and um, and then uh, one of the master gardeners or I will respond back with where you should prune that, how you could do that, because it really depends on the size of the branch, and there might be some branches that would be better removed than others, but it's hard to tell you over the phone without looking at actually the structure of the plant. All right. Thanks the best for the thing to do is wait till the leaves drop off so we can actually see the, mm. the form of the plant and the branches, and then somebody can help you out. You can email it directly to me, too. You can find me on the University Extension site. Okay, very good. That's Julie Weisenhorn. Uh, Reed in North Branch is next on the horn. Go ahead, Reed. Thank you. Hi. I'm looking to start a – I'll put, put down some new grass seeds in my front lawn. It's very dry and sandy, and I, was thinking, uh, I don't want to remove any grass now, but I was thinking of just putting down a mixture of topsoil and compost. Uh, how would you recommend I proceed? Okay. Um, the best thing is, first of all, choose a quality seed. If you talk to Sam Bauer, our, our grass guru, uh, he will tell you that you get what you pay for when it comes to grass seeds. So look for some good quality seed. 
Um, because you have a sandier, drier site, um, recommended type of seed would be a fine fescue mix. And uh, you can find some of those now. You can buy some of them online. You can look and talk to your local garden centers as well. And seeding on, according to our lawn care calendar, about mid-September or third week of September is a, a you know, up until then is a good time to seed. So you're calling at the right time. Mm-hmm. And uh, so you want to choose the right kind of seed. And then you can mix it in with, say, some compost, good quality compost, uh, or some topsoil. And uh, mix it in and then be sure that you're getting the seed. You want to rough up your area and, with a rake and then go ahead and seed over that and make sure you're getting that seed to soil contact. And that's the most important thing. you got to keep it moist. So we're in a kind of a dry period right now, so you want to be watering it every day so that it stays moist. And uh, and then it should should be sprouting pretty well. Okay, good. Dolores is calling from Bloomington with a question. Dolores, you're on with Julie. Uh, hello, Julie. Um, I'd like to know if uh, if if, uh, if you're if you can still send soil samples in. Uh, oh yes, absolutely. Okay, is there a charge for that? Uh, a standard soil test is going to be about seventeen dollars. Oh, okay. Yeah, All you right. can just send a check in with your soil test, and if you go to the soil test website, you can find it'll explain exactly how to best take a sample. Okay. Thank you. You All bet. Right, Laura's very good. Yeah, good, good call. Uh, we we uh, missed the dogwood uh, trimming. Is, oh, that, is yeah, it too is late, it too to, late cut to cut back? Cut back lilacs and dogwoods. Um, I actually like to I like to prune dogwoods when I can see them better. Right now they're full of leaves, and uh, you can do some cutting back if you've got some kind of wanky branches that are shooting out all over. You can do some. You can trim those back now. Um, but I like to look at those plants when I can't, you know, and take out some of the biggest kind of corkiest branches, and you can take those down right down to the base at the center of the plant. There was a text that came in earlier uh, about when is a good time to spray Trimec herbicide on my yard. Is this weekend okay? Is that basically uh, for, like, Creeping Charlie, something like that? I am going to... I think. I'm going to guess it is, yeah. So if you're trying to do weed control... Uh, this is a good time to do weed control because the plants are essentially photosynthesizing and put in a lot of the photosynthates, all the, the nutrients and energy into their root system right now. So spraying in the fall or treating weeds in the fall is a good time to do it. It's one of the best times to do it in the year because you're going to get that translocation of that chemical down into those weeds. Now, some people, I know some caller or a texter actually said they don't want to spray they they want to get rid of Creeping Charlie in their lawn. Uh, if you're not going to spray it, you're going to have to dig it out. And you're want, going to want to dig it really deeply and big and, uh, you know, make sure that you're getting as much of the roots as possible and then reseed with a quality seed that's suitable for your site. Very good. We need to take a break, but we have more show to come. Don't go away. Call us, 651-989-9226, or text us, 81807. We'll be back. And good morning. Welcome back to this portion of our Smart Garden Show brought to us by By the Yard Patio Furniture, making that great stuff down near Jordan, Minnesota. Welcoming uh, your calls. Julie Weisenhorn is here from the U of M. And let's, we, you and I were talking about all these lawn questions yeah, we have. Yeah, tons and that, of lawn is, there, is there kind of a, a direction you can send the folks Sure. To? So first of all, on our extension site, which many of you know is extension.umn.edu, click on the garden tab, go to yard and garden and go to lawns. 
And on there we have our lawn care calendar. So that's a really handy thing. You can print it out, stick it on your refrigerator or in your garage, and it gives you the optimal and the second best times to do various things in your lawn. So people are, there's a number of uh, text messages about thatching about or about dethatching your lawn. And de- thatch is a vegetative buildup due to you know, excessive mow, you know, mowing or uh, it's basically grass clippings and other debris that have accumulated at the base of the plants. And it doesn't happen very much in Minnesota. It's not a real common thing. Um, and uh, But if you are going to do dethatching, then uh, this is a good time to do that. And uh, But that I found that out on the lawn care calendar, mm-hmm. so take a look at that. And then also... Um, we also have great videos that Sam and his gang have put together on how to. So you can find that on our turf.umn.edu website. And um, and that's a great tool. You can watch that before you go out. A lot of people have been asking about seeding right now. Um, is it, you know, should I do fertilizing? Yes, this is a great time. Fall is one of the best times to do. It's probably the best time to do lawn care at this point. So treating for weeds, broadleaf weeds, um, as I mentioned earlier, they're working right now. Those plants are growing and trying to get all of those nutrients into their root system. So if you spray them now, uh, you're going to uh, do some uh, better damage than you would at a later date. What's the website folks can uh, track this information down? Uh, It is extension.umn.edu. Click on the garden tab, go to yard and garden, click on lawns. And or you can visit directly to our turf grass uh, uh, website, which is turf.umn.edu. Very good. Back to the phones we go. Leslie is calling from Excelsior. Good morning, Leslie. Good morning. How are you guys? Good. Good. Thanks. See, I've got uh, I've lived at the same property for forty some years, and it's about a three quarter lot. Probably a quarter is woods. Uh, I have uh, grown stuff around it just to keep the bad weeds out. It's my whole garden is around that. I keep getting, I had garlic mustard terrible. I got oh, yeah. that. I have a new thing coming in now. I keep trying to plant it with new stuff to keep things out. Uh, is there anything, you know, mainly I just hand weed it, but I'll fill up bags and bags of this stuff. Is there anything I can... I know that I need to start growing something else there. Is there a ground cover or something I can put in those areas? Of course, it's all very fairly shady. Um, yeah, it's it's really frustrating. I, I very frustrating. What are your thoughts on that? Oh boy, that's a big. Uh, we could spend a whole hour on that discussion. Um, I think uh, Leslie, what I'm going to recommend is what I recommended to the gentleman with the apple tree a little earlier is to send a question in, send your question in to ask extension because we're going to be able to help you a lot more and get you some links and things more than I can help you in a a couple of seconds on the air. So that's, um, you can also email it directly to me and you can find my email address on the web and um, uh, you can just Google me and find me. But um, I think that's a better thing to have a little bit longer conversation about. Okay. Very good. Thanks, Leslie. It's a big project. Uh, Al is calling from Alden. Excuse me, Al. Go ahead, Al. What's your question? Yeah, good morning. I just wondered why my evergreens are dying off on me. Well, Al, that's hard to say. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, What type? It depends on the type of evergreens and... uh, how they're how are they dying off? Are they dying off one at a time? Is it a 
Are they all yeah. dying at the same time? Yeah, Are they mature trees? I lost one, and it's they're like pretty well established. They're like twenty five to thirty feet high, and I got uh, I don't know if this matters or not. I got cornfields right up next to them on you know where they're growing. Right. So. And I'm kind of losing like bottom branches going up type thing. Are the cornfields yours? No. Are they treating the cornfields with an herbicide, for example? Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, well, that right there would make me think that maybe there was some herbicide drift okay. uh, when they treated the cornfields uh, for sure. weeds that they drifted onto your evergreens. Um, so okay. you're going to need to do some detective work and talk to that neighbor who has that and find out what they sprayed and when they sprayed it. And yeah. um, and then uh, you have to work that out if if they really are killing the plants or if they're just if it's just herbicide damage to the needles. Okay. Uh, but if the trees are completely dying, then uh, that's kind of a bigger discussion. So, um, right. but that drift is is can be you know a problem whether you're spraying okay. a small plant in your yard or you're spraying a whole field. Yeah, we experience some of that on my gardens mm-hmm. too. You know we're. Yeah, they get drift from that and it's killing stuff off. Mm. Right, right. They, you know, they're big farmers. They farm a couple thousand acres, so they do the things they do. That's I'm not going to change your mind. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I guess if the trees have died, if you determine that they have died, and you yeah. talk to your neighbor and uh, you know work something out, then I would recommend planting. Uh, you know, moving whatever trees if you replant there's to plant further away. And then okay. uh, that farmer should have some kind of a buffer that would absorb any kind of drift or stop. You know, don't spray. You when know, it's windy. Don't spray when yeah. it's windy. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Is that something I could take a picture of and send to you guys and maybe? Um, it's any- it's probably better to actually call a certified arborist to come out and take a look at the trees than to send us oh. a photo. So you can find a certified arborist. We have a publication on our extension site under our trees and shrubs section that gives you some good questions to ask and how to reach a a certified arborist. That's a good point. Yeah. So I would do that if it's mature trees like that. Have them come. Because it might be something else. It might not be herbicide drift at all. It might be a, you know, it could be a a wood borer or something like that, an insect that's contaminated or, or, you know, infested the trees. It could be. You know, it could be spider mites, could be all sorts of other things. So have a certified arborist come take a look. All right, you know what? Roger in Brooklyn Park may have a, a thought about this. Roger, what is your thought? Yeah, my thought might be it could be Dostostoma, you know, needle cast. Right, And if they're right. truly old, that old, the best thing to do is throw them at the base and start all over again. Well, uh, I yeah. That's an option. They do have lifespan. Yeah, I think it's best so. to have someone take a look at them, though. But that's, yeah, that's a good point. It could be something... Unrelated to the cornfield. It could be, yeah. yeah. All right, well, it's worth somebody taking yep, a look at an arborist. it's definitely yeah. worth it. Yeah, Roger, thanks for the input. Yeah, appreciate, thank you. Appreciate that. Uh, let's see who else has been winning. Ron is calling from St. Bonnie. Ron, you're on with Julie. Yeah, so I think I'm putting in a lobelia cardinal flower. I'd like to know any particulars about it, one in which I should plant now or shall wait till spring, and it's pruning, and just if it's durable enough for up here. It's pretty good. Um, you could. I would definitely wait till spring. You don't want to plant it now. Um, it's a, it's, a, it's getting too late in the season to re- really be planting perennials because they, you know, rule of thumb, uh, they need more time to establish roots. And uh, you're putting them into a situation where they're going into a colder period, you know, going into winter and it's dry. 
and they may not make it through the winter. So I would wait till spring. And uh, I would think about maybe planting uh, a few of them together in a group because they really are a terrific plant. They're great for pollinators, beautiful red color, um, big plant too, quite tall. So leave enough space. Uh, look at the size, the mature size of that plant, space it appropriately so that it can get to that mature size without growing into other plants too. And I like to always plant in maybe three or five if you have room because uh, numbers, uh, just because you get a, a bigger bang for your buck on the plant. Okay. Thanks, Ron. Alma's calling from Maple Grove. Alma, you're on CCO. Uh, thank you. Um, I have a very large oak tree in the back of my yard, and it seems to be losing abnormal amount of leaves and small branches this year. Is that normal? Well, we uh, it could be due to storms. We've had a number of pretty violent storms with a lot of wind. And uh, it could be due to squirrel activity. Squirrels will knock branches down as they uh, kind of caper across looking for those acorns. Um, if the tree, if the leaves have spots, if they have, uh, if they're dead, if they're, you know, if they look like they're burnt at all or anything, if they have some kind of a, a weird look to them, then you could take a photo of those uh, and send that in uh, to Ask Extension and we could take a look at that. You can also send a sample into the plant disease clinic on campus. It's a little expensive. It's about $45 or so for most tests, uh, but they could take a look at it and see if it's something that um, is something to be concerned about or contact a certified arborist and have them come and take a look at it in person. That's one of the best ways to assess the health of a plant. Good deal. All right, Julie, we have to take a break. We have more callers and more texters to help out this morning on our Smart Garden Show. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Hey, good morning. Welcome back to this portion of our Smart Garden Show brought to us by By the Art Patio Furniture. Julie Weisenhorn in with us uh, from the University of Minnesota. As you can see, Julie, as usual. Go Gophers. Uh, Go Gophers, yes. (laughs) We have... uh, Texters, and we have called. Speaking of that, there was a text that came in a bit ago. Yeah, so there's a question about um, planting a pagoda dogwood, a tautan yew, red ferns, and hydrangea this weekend. This would be a good time to do that, actually. Um, this is uh, fall is a pretty good time to be planting shrubs and trees because it's cooler, it's less stressful for the plants. You want to be sure that you water them, water them, water them, um, based on rainfall, of course. Uh, up until freeze, till you can't water them anymore. Um, it's uh, it, so any of that. We got a number of people asking about: Can I plant a tree now? Can I plant shrubs now? Yeah, this is a good time good to do time that. Now. We're good. Back to the phones we go. Dave is calling from Fridley with a question. Go ahead, Dave. Thank you. Right. Uh, I would say about a month ago, I sprayed the lawn for a with a weed killer. And I think I put down too much because the whole lawn is all dead now. And I'm just wondering if that could be coming back this fall or maybe next spring. No, I don't think so. Um, the weed killer, do you know? remember what you sprayed? Um, it was just a plain, typical brand that you'd buy at a big box store. I can give you a name if you want it. Yeah, what name is like it? Bear, Bauer, or something. Do you, Bear. Yeah, we'd ne- you'd need to know what the active ingredient is okay. on that because that's uh, that's going to tell you what it w- whether it's a broadleaf herbicide uh-huh. or if it's a non a non select non selective or selective is means that it'll only kill certain kinds of plants, and non selective means that it will kill everything. Like 
uh, glyphosate, mm-hmm. active ingredient Roundup, kills everything. We've had plenty of rain, and I thought maybe it might come back, but it has no sign yeah. whatsoever I'm, of coming back. It sounds to me like you used a pretty much non-selective um, herbicide, and it killed your lawn along with the weeds. So mm. you're going to need to reestablish your lawn and uh, remove some of the rake up that dead grass, and then um, you're going to want to put down seed. And this would be a good time to do it. You could do that now. Choose a seed that's close close to what you already have in other parts of your lawn. And um, and then and then uh, in the spring, you may also do some seeding as well. You want to watch for weeds in particular in the spring. So that's one of the issues. you got to read the label and uh, be sure that you're choosing a product that's going to do what you want it to. And uh, in some cases, um, you can ask a garden center um, person to help you decipher that label as well. There's also a great uh, publication on our turfgrass, uh, turf.umn.edu, on how to read a label. So uh, you want to take a look at that. That's really important. Some of that can be difficult to read. It is difficult, yeah. Just the font size. It's it's intimidating, too, because it's a lot of technical, scientific stuff. And, you know, to the credit of the label companies and to the product companies, they've tried hard to make it easier for homeowners to understand it. But um, the most important thing is to look at what's labeled, what it what it's labeled for, what plant it's labeled for. So if you're treating a, a broadleaf weed like Creeping Charlie, you want to be sure that it's labeled for Creeping Charlie, that it is designed to kill Creeping Charlie. Uh, if you are looking for something that is a fertilizer, for example, you want to make sure that it's that your plant is labeled, that it's on that label, and it's and this is an appropriate product for that particular plant. Okay. Well, good luck, Dave. Boy. Yeah. Uh, Barbara is calling from Minneapolis. Uh, Barbara, you're on CCO with Julie. Hi, Julie. Hey, Barbara. Um, I ordered a really unusual a bulb this year <laughs> I've never had before called pineapple lilies. Yeah. And I'm wondering, can I save them? Well, I, you know, I was looking on, I saw your text, and during that break I was reading about it because I wasn't familiar with the pineapple lily. Oh, you're, really the st- you're the stumper of the day for me. <laughs> so <laughs> um, I saw some pineapple lily bulbs that the, primarily I think they're not hardy for Minnesota. And so you can dig them up, kind of like a tuberous begonia. Dig yeah, them up like and, a canna lily. I, exactly. I save my cannas. Yep, I would do just the same thing that you do for the cannas. But I don't cover them them with anything. I put them in a paper bag down in the basement. Right. Can right. I do that with this, or do I have to cover it with? I something? think you can. I think you can do the same thing. Okay, and those I leave out to a light frost. I don't think I should with this. Well, actually, the you know a light frost is just going to kill the top of the plant. It's not going to kill the bulb itself. Okay, because they're in pots. Yeah, so you could also, if you have a a location in your house or your garage where it's about forty five or fifty degrees, you can right. move the whole pot into the okay. Just leave it I in there, and that. then that'll give you a head start in the spring. You can put it into a sunny window and start watering it. Uh-huh. And um, you know, get get something going before you actually. Oh, move they it out. are so unusual. I, I really like yeah. them. They're non-edible for those of you thinking about <laughs> buying a. a, a <laughs> pineapple. They, they just are. have a little pineapple tuft on the top of them. Yeah, they, well, they look like a Laertes flower. Right. Um, and this one's white, but they do come in colors, I guess. Yep, they do. There's a mix of them. And I'm going to get that next year. I just think they're great. <laughs> yeah, I noticed that Michigan Bulb had a, a nice selection of them. That was the site I was reading about. Okay. So. Thanks, Barbara. Yeah. Appreciate the call. Uh, let's see who has been waiting. The Herb is calling, I believe, from Waverly. Good morning, Herb. Well, good morning. Good morning. Do you want to know my question? I, uh, we I, sure do. I see holes in lawn is on the notes here. Yes, I got holes in the lawn like they're digging for grubs. Is 
does something besides skunks that do that? Well, there are a number of animals that could be digging. A lot of times squirrels are burying walnuts now and acorns. And so they're digging holes and they do a lot of they do a lot of hole digging this time of year. So it could be squirrels, could be chipmunks, could be uh, could be skunks digging for grubs. But I think you would have smelled the skunk. um, Well, I haven't smelled skunks, but they're even digging along. I live in the country and along the road banks, there's just big patches where they're digging holes. Yeah, they're all they're not digging so much, but making a hole like they're getting the grubs. Yep, so they probably are. They might be doing that, and they might, or they might be burying or digging for, uh, you know, uh, roots or other things, too. So they're definitely getting ready for winter, whatever it is. Oh, yeah, I see my lawn, too. They're all over the you place. got a lot of yeah. holes? Yeah. Does it look like a putting green? <laughs> Not that quite, though, but, but they are, they're, they're determined. Yeah, they, they really are. are yeah. yeah, people wonder about what to do about squirrels, and it's like not much. I'll tell you what, Julie, in uh, in the, the remaining uh, two, three minutes we have, maybe we could pick up on uh, some text messages. Yeah, there. sure. So somebody is asking about, um, there was a really long text here. Oh, this is a uh, renovation of um, an area by a sidewalk. And w- this is another case where it's too much information that we can, you know, we could have a big discussion about how to do this. So um, I would recommend the person who has the sidewalk issue and they are said, they said their garden is settling and they need to basically renovate it is to contact me and send a, send an email in to me. You can find my email address online and, um, and I would do that because, or send it to Ask Extension, and the Master Gardeners will help you with uh, what to do there. We have an awesome team on the Ask Extension uh, bunch, so uh, that is the best solution for that because that's really a, a longer discussion. Uh, an amaryllis bulb outside—they planted it outside the summer, and it's blooming! Yay! Uh, now, what can I do? Can I bring it in, go dormant for eight weeks, and will it rebloom this winter like uh, they've done in the past? Hard to say if it will rebloom because now it's actually uh, put a lot of energy into doing that, uh, pr- producing a flower now. And uh, it's not uncommon that they bloom in the summer, but uh, to have them now rest and then try to try to force them into blooming again, you may or may not be successful. I'd say you could give it a try and uh, see what happens. So um, you're certainly not going to hurt the bulb at all. Julie, we have, uh, well, right now, uh, less than 60 seconds, just about a minute to to go. Yeah. Now, maybe (laughs) we've had so many lawn questions today. Do you want to backtrack and tell that uh, location on the website? So this is a great time to do work on your lawn. really is. And uh, so if you want to find our lawn care calendar, you can find that on our extension site, which which is extension.umn.edu. Click on the Garden tab, go to Yard and Garden, and go to Lawns. You can also just Google UMN Lawn Care. Uh, that we, there's a, a great calendar there that will help you decide when you should be doing certain things like seeding and fertilizing, dethatching, pre- and post-emergent weed control. Uh, and then also you can go to our turf.umn.edu. So that's for all the lawn people. Everybody else, you can find what you need. Ask extension if you don't find what you want. Good deal. Julie, always a pleasure. Yep, Thank you so much. Yep, great to see you, Danny. Yes, Thank you. We'll have another show next week here on 830 WCC. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. 
Price and coverage match limited by state law.